Hi, this is Cindy Godwin, pastor of Summit Church, and this is our chosen podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope that it helps build up your faith and remind you that God has chosen you and set you apart for His purpose. Enjoy the message. So today, we're just going to have Healing 101. And I told you all last week, next week the title is, What Do You Want Me to Do for You? Which is the words of Jesus that he asked Bartimaeus. I don't like to call him blind Bartimaeus, because guess what? He wasn't blind anymore. And, but he was blind when Jesus said, What do you want me to do for you? And you know, I think Jesus is just so cute, don't you? Because, I, you know, I mean, he was blind, duh. But Jesus still required a statement of faith. And you know he threw off his beggar's cloak while he could not see. Throughout the miracles of Jesus, as I said earlier, something was required to demonstrate faith. It doesn't mean you have to put a million dollars in, in the church offering, which, but if you want to and God tells you to, that would be great. The, pro, the thing is, whatever he says to you, do it. He will always require an act of faith from you, always. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. You have to believe, number one, that he is who he says he is. And you have to believe that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. I had someone say to me once, and and this is, believe me, this is rampant. I'm afraid, these were her words, I'm afraid that if I believe God and it doesn't happen, that my children will fall away. That is a recipe for not getting your miracle. Job said, even if he slays me, I'll still praise him. And God asked something very simple of Job, who had complete and total devastation in his life. He just said, pray for your frenemies. Well, those weren't the words, but he had to pray for the very people, the three people that had viciously persecuted him. You know, I think when you're going through dark trials, and we've all been through dark trials, one of the very worst things that anyone could say to the person suffering is to even insinuate that their badness caused it. Does that mean that if we have unforgiveness and bitterness, we don't have to clear the deck? Well, yes, you do. Because Jesus said, if you don't forgive, my Father won't forgive you. But Read Mark chapter 4. Affliction arises because of the word. So the worst thing we can do is sit as an accuser of the brethren with the accuser. The first thing you absolutely have to know to receive, I don't really like to even say healing more. I like to say wellness because you can be healed and not be well but then i think the number one thing is you have to believe that jesus is still the same jesus as he was 
when he walked the earth. God in man, and now exalted and seated at the right hand of God. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same today as he was yesterday and will be tomorrow. He hasn't changed. So the Jesus that we read about in the Gospels is the same Jesus. And if you don't believe that because you've gone to a church that has edited the word, taken the red pen, and crossed it out, and you are a victim and a prisoner of religion, it's going to be very hard for you to receive the goodness of God. If you base your faith on what you've seen happen to other people, and, I, and God knows I know it's hard. I do. I know it's so hard. I mean, I look at my dear friend and neighbor, Karen, and she's buried two husbands. And both, it was from medical accidents. Both, both times, it was the fault of the people taking care of him. But she hasn't quit believing God. She's here every week. You cannot base your faith on circumstantial evidence. The other night, I was, uh, was proclaiming the word. I, I think I was, in, I was in my dining room. I think I was turning off the lights. Yeah, that's what I was doing. I mean, sometimes when you have monumental moments, you remember exactly where you are. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me a promise that he's given me. And he said this to me, that promise is your title deed. It is your confirmation. And then I remembered Hebrews 11:1. 1, now faith. Rick preached. I was coming out of my chair. Now, okay, let's do an exercise. If you did not hear his sermon, stand up. That's not to get mad at you. I just, because I'm going to give you a test. Stand up if you did not hear his sermon. If you heard it, don't you dare stand up. Okay. All right, I want you to fill in the blank in one accord. This is the wedding feast at Cana, and Jesus, as you know, turned the water into wine, and then the steward said, most people serve the best wine first, and then when everybody gets drunk, they bring out the bad wine. He said, but you have saved the best wine for, fill in the blank, wrong. It's not last, most of you. One person said, yeah, but you weren't supposed to do that, Jovette. The people standing said last. You may sit down. I looked it up in 20 translations. He said, you saved the best wine for now. And I think, Cindy, can you still get on online and watch? Yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, I know you can see it on live stream still, because I did go there, but, but you can see it on the summit. Under, okay, under, is it under podcast or media? Okay, under media. You've got to hear this sermon. I thought, honestly, he was going to rebuke me, because I've been texting him for days. With, <laughs> I'm like, not only that, here's another one. You'd be amazed how many times the scripture says now. And one that I just saw yesterday, remember I talked to you all a few weeks ago about the triple crown, he's crowned us with glory and honor, and he, remember that? And I was reading again, 
Isaiah 33:10. And get a load of this. I just saw this yesterday, even though I wrote this in my journal and wrote in my journal. He said, now I will arise. Now I will be exalted. Now I will lift myself up. Triple crown three. And do you know what now means in Hebrew? Now. I looked it up. See, I'm a student of the word. I, I, I don't take anybody's word for anything without going to the word myself. So I don't remember what I was talking about. Do you remember what I was talking about? Yeah, but before Rick's sermon, because I interrupted myself for a station break. Huh? Yes, thank you. And, and uh, see, some people listen, Jovette. I'm teasing. And so, and, and so he reminded me of that promise, and he said, this is your title deed. See, God always declares the end from the beginning. He's going to tell you the end result before it ever happens. So if in the interim you start doubting, you, you're going to lose it because you'll give up. You'll forfeit the prize. And so I look up title deed because I know it has something to do when you buy a house, right? You get the title deed. And it does refer to possessions. And so if faith is my title deed, when I get a promise, you hold on to that thing for your very life and don't you let go until it manifests. Because if you let go of it, you're going to forfeit it. All right. Psalm 102, 25. At the beginning, you existed, and you laid the foundation of the earth. The heavens and the work of your, are the work of your hands. They shall perish, but you remain and endure. All of them will wear out and become all like a garment, <clears throat> like clothing. You shall change them. They'll be changed and pass away, but you remain the same, and your years have no end. So healing 101 is you have to believe Jesus never changes. He's still the same Jesus. It is still his will to heal, and there's no doubt about it. Now, to me, the biggest healing chapters of the Bible are Matthew 8 and 9. And so I did something I actually love to do. It sounds so funny to me to say, open your iPhone or your Android or open your iPad or your laptop. I like to open my Bible still. And, but, you know, it's cumbersome, and, and uh, I understand all that. And I take my phone to church and look up Rick's sermons and what he's preaching. I don't even read it on the screen. I do it on my phone. Because I, I just like it right here, just in my face. And so, but because this is so much, I just want to breeze through Matthew 8 and 9. Because I'm establishing here Jesus is the same. He's not the same as your circumstances. He's not the same as what happened to you. He is the same as he was and is and forevermore will be. Okay, so Matthew 8, he came down from the mountain. A leper came up. Lord, if you are willing, you are able to cleanse me by curing me. He reached out his hand. He touched him. He said, I am willing. I am willing. Be cleansed by being cured. Instantly, his leprosy was cured and cleansed. Now, right there, Jesus said, I'm willing. That tells you his will. He said, the leper says, if you're willing. He did not have the new covenant like we do today. A new covenant enacted on better promises. I'm telling you, very often we stay in infirmity because we don't believe. 
the gospel has been watered down. Rick used to preach a, a message called Gospel Light. Cindy, tell him I think he ought to do it again. Gospel light is how we have watered down the gospel. I mean, even our food is watered down. We don't eat whole foods anymore. I do. I don't mean the store. I mean whole foods because everything's watered down now. I mean, there's constantly a commercial about, I'm not going to say the name, but these vitamins, and you can get all the fruit and vegetables you need by taking a pill. That was never the will of God. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't take a vitamin. I am pretty much a supplement junkie for some reason. You know, you probably just have expensive urine, but. <laughs> All right, let's go on and get off of that. He went into Capernaum, which was his home, and a centurion came up begging him, saying, Lord, my servant boy's lying at the house paralyzed, distressed with intense pain. Jesus said, I will come and restore him. He didn't say, well, after you pray and fast for three weeks and beg me and confess everything you've ever committed, by the way, and make sure you dot every I and cross every T. No, he didn't do that. He said, oh, all right, I'll come. And you know the story. The, the centurion said, just say the word. And Jesus said, I've never seen such great a faith. Go your way. Your servant's healed. And he was. Remember, and then again, he goes into Peter's uh, house, and there's the mother-in-law ill with a fever. He touched her hand. The fever left her. She got up and began waiting on him. How many of you have ever had a fever? Does it cripple you? Now, I am not saying that scientifically the heat is not burning off the virus. That could very well be true. But Jesus did not tell her to continue to lay there in inflammation and sweat it out. Because you know what? She couldn't serve while she was sick. Verse 18, Matthew 8. And thus he fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He himself took in order to carry away our weaknesses and infirmities and bore away our diseases. Right there. Fulfillment of Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. I've actually read, and I'd like to slap the silly out of these people. See, right there, Jesus fulfilled it. It'll never happen again. What? Well, then our sins aren't forgiven. Then our sins aren't forgiven. If it was a one-time shot. I'm just reasoning. I'm showing you the word of God here. I'm holding out to you the word of life. Verse 24. And suddenly, behold, there was a violent storm on the sea, and the boat was covered up, and Jesus was sleeping. That's, what, that's how we're supposed to handle the storm. And they said, Lord, rescue us, preserve us, we are perishing. What were they doing? They were repeating the voice of the storm. I remember some years ago, I had prayer, and the person ministering to me said, what is the trial saying to you? I'll never forget it. I was sharing this with Randy last night. She said, what is the voice of that trial saying to you? And I repeated what the voice was, and it was not good. And then she said, but what is Jesus saying to you? And I quoted the word. You see, in the storm, we always want to repeat the voice of the storm. Storms have voices. And so, you know what Jesus did? He got up and he said, why are you afraid you have little faith? He rebuked the winds of sea and there was a perfect calm and even the wind of the seas obey him. Still do. 
And then he arrived in verse 28 on the other side and two men under the control of demons went to meet him. They were fierce and savage and no one was able to pass that way. And they shrieked and they screamed and they said, what, what do we have to do with you? Son of God, have you come to torment us before the appointed time? And they begged him to drive. If you drive us out, send us into the pigs. And I love what Jesus did. He just said, be gone. No, we would just have this big ritual and pray for five hours and fast and scream and plead. No, Jesus said, be gone. I like that. And uh, the moral of the story is don't have a conversation with the devil, by the way. And then you go to chapter 9. And, you know, this is when they, we've talked about all this. They laid their friend and he said, your sins are forgiven you. Because in this case, his sins had paralyzed him for some reason. He, he doesn't say why. Jesus doesn't expose you. And they were all ticked off and saying he was blaspheming. And Jesus, it says in verse 4, they, he saw their thoughts. And he said, well, so that you will know that the Son of Man has the authority to forgive sins. I say to you, arise, take up your bed and walk. And the guy gets up. Healing, forgiveness, same package. And then, let's see. Then there's Jairus in verse 18. The ruler of the synagogue entered. He worshipped him. My daughter has just now died. Come lay your hands on her and she will come to life. And Jesus gets up to accompany them. And here comes a woman who had been bleeding for 12 years. 12 and 12. 12 is the number of power and authority in the scripture. Woman bleeding 12 years, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. Little girl, 12 years old, had died. So he stops because, you know, he ain't afraid of no ghost. He knows the girl's died. He stops. He heals the woman. Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Then he goes into the house. He puts all the unbelievers outside. And ta-da, he takes her by the hand. The girl arises. And then, verse 27 Jesus passed on from there, and two blind men are shouting, have pity and mercy on us. And Jesus said, do you believe I'm able to do this? They said, yes, Lord. He touched their eyes, saying, according to your faith and trust and reliance on the power invested in me, be it done to you. One time I had an affliction. This was, I don't know, 30 years ago. And uh, I, we were in a prayer group, and I, I said to Cindy, Cindy, you probably don't remember this, but I said, I just believe if you pray for me, I'll be healed. Do you remember that? And she, you know, she said to me, according to your faith, don't you let somebody put that on you. She was a smart girl. Jesus didn't even let it be put on him. He said, according to your faith. As long as you believe that the sickness is from God, you will stay sick. I'm going to prove it to you. And then, verse 35, Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the gospel of the kingdom and curing all kinds of disease and every weakness and every infirmity. That's my Jesus. That's my Jesus. That's who he is. That's what we sang. That is who you are. All right, so basic tenets of physical healing. Number one, sickness is never from Jesus. It's always from the devil. Always, always, always. John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life in abundance to the full until it overflows. Let's go over the Greek again. We've done it before. The Greek word for thief is kleptis. It is a thief who steals by stealth in secret rather than in the open with violence. He's a stealth. 
That's why the Bible says, be sober and vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, like a roaring lion, seeks somebody to devour. Isn't it interesting that the devil is like a roaring lion, but he's a counterfeit because Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's like a roaring lion. And he tries to scare you with his roar. That's why you always have to identify what the voice, the roar of the storm is saying to you. And speak back, just like Jesus did. Speak back to that storm. So the thief comes to steal. The Greek word klepto, to steal, take, and steal secretly by stealth. He comes to kill, the Greek word thuo, to offer sacrifice. It suggests offering something as a spiritual sacrifice. And you know what that means? The devil and the storm will pound you and pound you and pound you and pound you and pound you until you finally sacrifice the promise and give it up. Big mistake. Been there. Don't tell me you haven't. And he comes to destroy. And that means, ooh, to destroy utterly. It implies a permanent destruction to remove by ruin to cause to be lost by experiencing a miserable end. That's the thief. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life. And that is the word zoe. And it means to be alive abundantly, greater, excessive, exceedingly beyond what is anticipated, exceeding expectation, going past the expected limit more than enough. Now, there is nothing in that, nothing, that gives any room for you to be miserably sick and unable to function. But, oh, what if it happens? Well, then we resist it. Call for the elders of the church. Get anointed with oil. Stand on the word of God. Psalm 107.20, he sent his word and healed you. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Mark 11, 24, I believe I receive it. I speak to this mountain. I'm not talking to the, to the, about the mountain. I'm speaking to the mountain. Just like I remember before, uh, you know, I had the privilege of marrying Kelly and Brian. You heard her testimony today. She was terrified. She said fear. She was terrified. What is terror? It's a step beyond fear of getting pregnant. I mean, she was violently ill, had horrific postpartum depression. I had postpartum depression with my third child. I said, if you'd been my first, you'd have been my last. You would have been the only child. <laughs> I mean, I, got, I averaged one to two hours of sleep a night. Now, you do that for enough time, you'll get regular depression. Sleep is vital, vital, vital to your well-being. So all you young people that think you can stay up all night and be fine, no, you cannot. You're damaging your cells. We'll talk about that another time. Proper nutrition, good, healthy water. But next week, we're going to talk about cleansing your mind. I have learned some things that are tremendous. I told you we're going to have a testimony of uh, someone who's a member of this church who waited and waited and waited and waited for her husband. And and it's such a good story. Because she heard Jesus say, what do you want me to do for you? It's really, it's a good story. So, I remember one time I was uh, teaching. This was maybe, maybe 25 years ago. And it was after church on a Sunday, and I was teaching at someone's group. And all of a sudden, I, I started having this ridiculous cough. Now, we're not allowed to cough today. Everybody knows why. 
but it was just, it wasn't a tickle in my throat. It was just this weird cough. And by that night, I had almost 104 temperature. I could not function. And I remember Randy saying, I'm taking you to the clinic. And back then, I think there was only one of those clinics. Now there's one on every corner. And I said, I, I remember saying to him, I don't know how I can get dressed. And he said, well, I'm going to help you. Except I didn't see him again. I, I don't know where he went. And I remember just to will myself to put on my pants. I was just, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I, it was the most horrible. And she, that doctor just said, yeah, some kind of virus. And I, I remember being so sick, I could not even resist. So don't tell me, oh, you're just burning it all. No, it's trying to kill me. Randy had to do the resisting for me. I'm just trying to get you to see there is nothing good about sickness and disease. Now, can God use it to work together for good to those who love him? Absolutely. Because you get a testimony. You can testify of the faithfulness of God, of the goodness of God. My, my sister, you know, I mean, she had a diagnosis of stage 4 cancer. And a, a medical proclamation is... You're going to have it the rest of your life. That's not what God says. And I will tell you, I watched her go through 15 rounds of one of the strongest chemotherapies on the market. And I, I mean, after the first treatment, she, and she never threw up, never didn't get sick, didn't feel bad. Toward the very end, if you know anything about chemo, you know it has a cumulative effect. Toward the very end, she was fatigued. But she did fabulous. And here was an amazing thing. She did lose her hair, but her hair started growing back before she stopped. And that doesn't happen. And by her last treatment, she had a full head of hair. I mean, it wasn't long, but you couldn't see her scalp anymore. Now, Jovette, that's unusual, right? Full head of hair. Bright eyebrows, eyelashes, the whole bit. And she'll say, it's the, the people that prayed for me. Don't think prayer doesn't work. You better, you better have an army, people. Well, I don't know enough people. Well, do you know two or three? Because that's God's quorum. If two or three are gathered in my name, there I am. All right, come on. I'm just going to prove to you that sickness is from the devil. If you're sick, that doesn't mean you have a demon, okay? But you, do you know that... Superbugs and viruses, you know they're alive, right? I saw the most, when I talk to you next week about your mind and how powerful your mind is and how to take control of your thoughts, I'm going to give you some very practical how to control your thoughts. Anybody need that? And, and so, well, I don't want to get into that, but I will, I will tell you this. One thing the Lord spoke to me in the midst of the, the generation we live in now is activate your NK cells. Everybody know what that is? Those are your killer cells. Okay, that is part of your, your lymphatic, your lymphocytes, right, Karen? Is that right? Because I don't want anybody writing me dirty letters. So, so they're part, so I got online because I thought, I'm going to look this up. You need to do this. 
they are the most beautiful. Now, I know scientifically they color, the, you know, they color them on the slide so that you can differentiate. You actually can see your killer cells gobbling up cancer cells. And they're beautiful. They're just like Pac-Man, and they're just choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo. And then it dies with the cancer cell. God put that in you and me. And we just ignore it. No, I'm just going to take my pills. Well, take, take your pills, but for heaven's sake, activate what God's given you. I'm just saying. All right, Job 2, 7. I'm going to do this real fast. Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. He smote Job with loathsome and painful sores from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. Right there, Satan. Luke 13, 10. Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and there was a woman who for 18 years had an infirmity caused by a demon of sickness, bent completely for it, unable to stand up, and she couldn't look up. This was our last chosen. And, and uh, Cindy pointed out, Jesus called her daughter. He said, you are released from your infirmity. Who gave her that? Satan. Who released her? Jesus. Mark 9, 16. He asked him about, what are you talking about? And one of the thongs said, teacher, I brought my son to you. He has a dumb spirit. And whenever it lays hold of him to make, it, make him its own, it dashes him down. It convulses him. He foams at the mouth. He grinds his teeth. He falls into a motionless stupor. He's wasting away. I asked your disciples to drive it out, and they couldn't. But if you can do anything, if you can do anything, Jesus, heal him. And Jesus said, if you can, all things are possible to him who believes. And so Jesus cast out that demon spirit. I mean, the poor boy, he had epilepsy, he was deaf, and he was mute. It was all caused by a demon spirit. Now, that doesn't mean if that's you that you have a demon. Don't, don't write me letters. I'm just saying sickness is from the devil. It's not from a good God. And Jesus said, and then he said, you dumb and deaf spirit, I charge you, come out of him, never go into him again. It's the only time Jesus ever told a, a demon spirit it could not come back. I like that. And, you know, of course, just the devil always has to make a big ruckus. And, uh, it gave a hoarse, clamoring, fear-stricken shriek of anguish, convulsed him, and it came out. The boy was pale and motionless like a corpse. And many of them said, well, he's dead. But Jesus took a strong grip on his hand and lifted him up, and he stood. The boy was healed. That's my Jesus. Acts 10, 38. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. That Greek word healing means generally physical healing. Sometimes spiritual. So throw away your commentaries. Oh, he healed them spiritually. Well, that happens when you get born again, people. And that word oppressed means overpowered treated harshly, powerfully bringing someone down, denying them the higher position or blessing they should enjoy. It means tyrannizing you, dominating you, treating you harshly, overpowering someone. Well, what do you think? And Jesus went about healing all oppressed by the devil. Same Jesus, thou art the same and your years do not come to an end. Again, can God work your trials for good? 100%. And so my sister will testify to the faithfulness of God. 
Absolutely. And you know what she's doing now? She's ministering to a lot of other people going through cancer treatments. So turn the table on the devil, whatever's happened to you. You know, if you've had the virus, don't go around, oh, I was so sick. No, 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 no. You encourage people. You tell them how to walk out of it. You tell them they're going to get well. Tell them to do their breathing exercises and take whatever you need to take and get on some good healthy supplements and encourage them into life. Not, oh, you're going to be sick for two weeks. Don't do that. Psalm 107, 1 and 2, give thanks to the Lord. He's good. His mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say, I am sick. No, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom the Lord has delivered from the hand of the adversary. According to the word of God, sickness is from the curse. It doesn't mean you're cursed. It just means it's from the curse. Where did the curse come? Thank you, Adam. Why are people sick, Adam? I mean, Adam and, and his soon descendants, their bloodline wasn't polluted, yet they, they had trouble dying. They lived to be seven, eight, nine hundred years old. And then as sin polluted the bloodline more and more and more, people died younger and younger and younger. And here we are today. I don't know anybody that's 900, do you? The Bible says we can live to be 120. But if you're going to do that, there might be some habits you need to change. Just saying. All right. I'm going to prove to you that sickness and disease came from the curse that Adam brought into the bloodline, okay? Again, you're not cursed. I'm not cursed. I'm the redeemed of the Lord. You're the redeemed of the Lord. But I, I, you've got to see it's not your friend because otherwise you won't fight. Deuteronomy 28, I'm going to read this real fast. We'll be done. 15, 22, 27 through 29, 58 through 61. The Lord will smite you. All these curses will come upon you and overtake you. The Lord will smite you with consumption, fever, inflammation, fiery heat, sword, drought, blasting mildew. They'll pursue you till you perish with the boils of Egypt, tumors, scurvy, the itch from which you cannot be healed. You will, the Lord will smite you with madness, blindness. All right, we have mental illness here. Dismay of mind and heart. You'll grope at noonday as the blind grope in darkness. You'll not prosper in your ways. You'll be oppressed and robbed continually. No one can save you. Verse 58, if you will not be watchful to do all the words of the law that are written in this book, that you will fear the name of the Lord your God, the Lord will bring upon you and your descendants extraordinary sickness, strokes and blows, great plagues of long continuance, grievous sicknesses of long duration. He will bring on you all the diseases of Egypt of which you were afraid and they'll cling to you. And every sickness and every affliction not written in the book of the law, the Lord will bring upon you until you're destroyed. I heard people say, oh, the Hebrew says that he will permit it. He won't do it. And so I asked a Bible Greek scholar that I personally know, does the Hebrew really say the Lord will permit it? He said, no. It says he'll bring it upon you. Why? That was under the curse. Now, you ready for the good news? And then we close. Romans 8, 1 through 3. There is therefore now no condemnation, no judging guilty of wrong, hallelujah, for those who are in Christ Jesus, who live and walk not after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the Spirit. 
For the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, has set you free from the law of sin and death. Hallelujah. For God did, listen, what the law could not do. He sent his son in the likeness of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin. And you know what he did? He condemned sin in the flesh. In order, are you ready? That the requirement of the law will be fully met in us who walk not after the ways of the flesh, but after the ways of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And are you ready for this? I'm going to read verse 3 from the Amplified Classic. He sent his own son in the guise of sinful flesh and is an offering for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. He subdued, he overcame, and he deprived sin of its power over all who accept that sacrifice. Can you say, Lord, I accept your sacrifice? See, you got to take it so that the law of the spirit of life in Christ, the Zoe life of God, will give life to your mortal body. Galatians 3 Verse 13. Let's do 12. The law does not rest on faith. Because it says that he who does them, the things prescribed by the law, shall live by them and not by faith. Christ purchased your freedom. He redeemed us from the curse and the doom of the law and its condemnation by himself becoming a curse. All those horrible things I just read from Deuteronomy 28, he became all those things for you and me. I love this. For it is written in the scripture, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, to the end that through receiving Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham will come upon the Gentiles so that through faith we might receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. Now, what was the blessing of Abraham? Rick teaches this all the time. Genesis 14, and we're done. Melchizedek was a high priest, and he was a, 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 a type of Christ, pre-incarnate Christ. And he came to Abraham, and Abraham gave him a tenth of the spoil. He gave him a tithe. And he blessed Abraham, and this is what he said. Blessed favored with blessings and made blissful and joyful be Abram, God of the Most High, by God Most High, excuse me. Blessed be Abraham by God Most High, the blessing of elevation, possessor and maker of heaven and earth. He gave him the blessing of possession, possess the earth, possess heaven, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And blessed, praised, and glorified be God most high, who Abraham has given your foes into your hand. And Abram gave him a tenth of all he had taken. He gave him the blessing of dominion, elevation, possession, and dominion. And the blessing of Abraham is ours. When we believe that we are redeemed from the curse of the law, all sickness and all disease is from the devil. All healing, all well-being, all health is from God most high. He became a curse. Jesus became a curse. He went to the whipping post before he ever went to the cross. He provided for our physical needs. He bore the crown of thorns. And as the blood from the cursed earth hit the ground, he redeemed the ground that was cursed after the fall of man. 
so that our works and our labors could be blessed and we could receive bountiful provision. He provided for our physical health. He provided for our physical needs before he ever went to the cross for our sins. What a Savior. What a Jesus. Stop accusing him of the works of the devil. Stand up on your feet. All you have to do is accept the sacrifice and when trouble comes, and it will, when storms come, and they will, because remember, the devil has come down with great wrath, knowing his time is short, Revelation 12. But we overcome him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimony, and by not loving our lives. Please, Please, please do not negate the promises of God because of circumstantial evidence. Our faith has to be in the evidence of the Word of God, not in what happens to people. And when a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, and I know so many of us have buried people we love dearly, rather than trying to figure it out, because you won't, just demand bountiful harvest bountiful harvest we had um rolling what's your friend's name oh you're here you're right there tell me your name again hon kimberly yes and she buried her husband was it in december october and you almost died didn't you yes and the first time she came here broken she was so broken and god has just raised her up and you know what she's taking the land she's taking back the land so when you experience tragedy and hardship, rise up. Stop feeling sorry for yourself if you need to grieve a little bit. But something Rick taught me is in the Bible. Are you ready for this? There is a set time for mourning. Just make sure you don't stay there. Make sure you don't stay there. Move forward. There's a time to mourn. There is a time to mourn, but it's a set time. And you rise up and you demand payback. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you that we are redeemed from the curse of the law. By the blood of the Lamb, we uphold the blood. We overcome by the blood. We receive the power of the blood. Cleanse us of everything that is not sanctified by heaven, Lord. I pray for miracle healings in this place and for all of those who are hearing online. I pray, Lord, this is our season. It is our time. Our youth is renewed. We will not submit to age-related words. That's not what you said. You said you'd forgive all of our diseases. You said, all right, forgive all of our iniquities and heal all of our diseases. You said you redeem our life from destruction. God, you said you would. You said you would crown us with loving kindness and tender mercy and glory and honor a royal diadem on our head, Lord, a triple crown. You said you would renew our youth like the eagles. You said you would. And for those who will take and remember his benefits, say amen. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thanks again for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. You can hear more messages by visiting ChosenEssay.com. Be sure to follow us at Chosen Essay on Facebook and Instagram.